0: You can give uh, by texting. Uh, that number will be on the screen and also you can download our app if you haven't done that. and, and uh, it's really easy to give through the app. Uh, you can also write checks and mail them to our post office box, which I think you, you will see that address on the screen as well. All right. Thanks, Sean. It's good to have Austin back. He has on uh, white shoes, very white shoes. Nice, awesome. All right, I'm going to ask Kelly Wood if she will come up here and join me. Uh, Kelly and her husband Luke are River Stoners. She is a teacher at Fair Oaks Elementary School, and she's been doing uh, a pretty awesome thing uh, during COVID, and I wanted her to come and and tell you a little bit about it. So Kelly, tell, tell them what you've been doing and why and all of that.
1: All right. Um, So, I work at Fair Oaks uh, Elementary, which is in South Cobb, and every fall we see students come in with a huge slide in their reading, so they've regressed a lot. And um, so, in the fall I had an idea to start a bookmobile, and the reason for that is because a lot of students don't read over the summer, as parents I'm sure you can attest to that, Um, But a lot of our students don't do it, not because they don't want to, but because they don't have access to books. And so I wanted to make sure that every student had access to books. Um, And when the pandemic hit, I realized that would be an even more urgent need since they had been out of physical school for so long and away from our school library. And so back in March, I uh, asked my dad who had an extra cargo trailer sitting around, if I could use it, and of course he said yes, and I said, are you sure, because I want to paint it, and do all (laughs) kinds of things, and he said, do whatever you want, Um, and so we painted it, we got a huge sticker, and just kind of transformed it um, to a bookmobile. We put an Amazon wish list and out on social media, and within three days, I had books pouring in, Um, and so we started it back in the end of May and we go out into four different communities in the South Cobb area every Wednesday and students get to choose books they can keep them or they can return them um, and we also had donations for popsicles so people are giving popsicles and then Kay Kegel set us up with must lunches and so students get a lunch popsicles and books and it's the highlight, one of the highlights of my week. I think it's one of the highlights of theirs, too.
0: Absolutely. So, so how, many, how many kids are we talking about here?
1: Um, I think over the course of the summer, we've had close to 300 all together. There's about a little over 100 that come every single week.
0: Wow. you have any idea how many books we're talking about?
1: Um, well, there's lots of boxes sitting in my garage right now, um, <laughs> but probably thousands. thousands. We've probably gone through thousands. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay, so is this something that's going to continue?
1: We hope so. It's definitely going to continue over the next couple weeks of pre-planning. And we're looking at doing uh, kind of smaller versions of it where we take it into more communities. Because we've had parents ask, can you come Mm -hmm. to our community? But there just wasn't a way for us to stop in every single one of them.
0: So if there was somebody from Riverstone who wanted to help and get involved, what, what could they do?
1: Um, you can definitely donate books because we love uh, new books that kids really like to read. Um, you can come help. We've had people from all over the county come and join us um, on one of our runs. Nice. And
0: if you're interested in helping Kelly with what she's doing, if you'll get in touch with us at the church office, we will put you in contact with Kelly and uh, get you busy. So, yeah. Kelly, so proud of you. You're amazing. Thank you for doing this. It's yeah. awesome for our community. <laughs> Awesome! Thank you. A couple of other things that are going on in the community. Uh, we're concentrating our efforts uh, in the community as far as schools go with uh, Kennesaw Mountain High School's most at-risk students. And so if you're interested in being a part of this team, uh, you can get in touch with Brooke uh, at, uh, Brooke at Um We're not sure yet. Uh, Exactly, all of what will be involved, but just know that we're focusing on that that particular group. And uh, so, we're looking for people that want to volunteer who are willing to be flexible as we develop the plan, and and maybe even who would be willing to help us develop the plan. And then, another thing that's coming up in our community in August is Born Again Blessings. Uh, If you've been at Riverstone for long, you're familiar with Born Again Blessings. It's a a children's consignment sale that we do twice a year, and proceeds. Uh, go, m- much of the proceed goes to the Barnabas Fund uh, here at Riverstone that helps us to help people in our community, you know, in need. Primarily Riverstone people, but also beyond that at times. And BAB, as they call themselves, uh, it's August the 20th through the 22nd. They, they need volunteers, and there's still opportunities if you want to sell um, and so, you, and you get some of the proceeds back yourselves if you sell. So it's, it's a profitable thing for you as well if you want to be a seller. And so, if you're interested in volunteering or being a seller, then you can uh, do that. If you'll go to BornAgainBlessings.com, uh, that you'll see links where you can uh, register either as a, a seller or a volunteer. Okay, cool. All right, Brooke, did I do everything I'm supposed to do? Awesome. Okay. So here we go. Um, last week, we talked a little bit about going deeper. And uh, if I was going to give uh, today's message a title, uh, I would probably, probably call it Deeper Still. Uh, deeper Still. We didn't, we didn't get quite last week as deep as we can get. Uh, there's more. And so that should be good news to you. Uh, we're going to look at Ezekiel today. And you can go ahead and turn to Ezekiel 47 if you want to. Put your finger in there. We'll get to it uh, soon. Uh, We'll also uh, put it on the screen uh, if you would rather do that. Uh, Ezekiel, like Daniel, uh, was taken captive by Babylon during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. So we've been studying on Wednesday nights uh, Daniel and all about uh, him being taken captive and being a part of of that group that was uh, in exile in Babylon. And and, uh, Ezekiel's in that group as well. Um, he's a bit older than Daniel during the initial uh, siege, or actually the second siege. Um, he, it's estimated that he was about 25 years old when he was taken captive. And uh, so that makes him a little bit older than Daniel was. They may have known each other. We don't know for sure if they knew each other, but we do know for sure that they knew about each other. Uh, actually, Ezekiel mentions Daniel in chapter 14, uh, verse 14, uh, but they served. They were in different places during the captivity. Daniel s- served in the, the palace. He was a part of the king's uh, group. He served the king, and so he's in the palace, whereas Ezekiel was with the general population of the captives. So they're in two different places, but, but they're during the same time. Now, during Ezekiel's vision that we're going to look at today in chapter 47— Jerusalem has been in ruins for 15 years. Uh, so we, we sang some songs today about, you know, the songs from Isaiah, where the prophet is promising uh, ashes, you know, to take us from ashes to joy. And so that's what Isaiah is writing about is also what Ezekiel is writing about. It's the, it's the vision that Ezekiel is seeing is the transformation uh, God is, is speaking this prophetic word. He's actually giving uh, Ezekiel a tour, uh, walking him through things that are going to happen to bring hope to the people who are in captivity. So we're going to take a look at that. Why, why though, is Ezekiel important? Now, why is it important for us uh, to read the book of Ezekiel? Why is it important? Uh, Why is Ezekiel's vision in chapter 47 important to us? And I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, uh, because it's a prelude to Revelation. And, you know, every Christian I know is interested in Revelation. Uh, Every every Christian wants to study Revelation. Every time we throw out, hey, what book do you want to study? You know, 15,000 people say Revelation. And some would say, and I tend to agree, that you can't really understand Revelation unless you understand Ezekiel. And so it's, a, it's really a prelude uh, to the book of Revelation. Second reason I would say Ezekiel is important, and in particular, Ezekiel 47 is important, is because it offers not only a picture of what God will do in the future, but I think it gives us a picture of what is available to us as followers of God in the present. I think God gives us a picture especially in Ezekiel 47 of what is available to us. And then the third reason, and this may be the best reason, uh, in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel says 74 times, and then you will know that I am the Lord. And so God is saying to Ezekiel, this is going to happen. You're going to see this. Your people are going to see this. And then they're going to know that I am the Lord. Seventy-four times God says that to Ezekiel. So I would say that's a pretty important reason uh, to read Ezekiel, to see all of these things that God says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And when you see this, you're going to know. If you still have doubts, you're going to know then. You're going to know who I am. So Ezekiel uh, is describing in chapter 47, verses 1 through 12, actually throughout Ezekiel, he's describing visions that he saw. So he's invited by a messenger or an angel, uh, and he's shown these visions. Actually, chapter 1, verse 1 says, The heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. That's how he starts the the book, Uh, chapter 1, verse 1. So today, like I said, I want to look at uh, chapter 47, verses 1 through 12, and, and I'm going to talk mostly about how Those 12 verses relate to us now in the present. Uh, So let's read that. Um, Ezekiel 47, beginning at verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and, because, and and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engelim. There, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Lord, I pray uh, that you will speak to us today. Um, Give us ears to hear, Lord, what you want to say. Uh, We believe that there are things that you want to speak to us corporately as a church. There may be things that you want to speak to us individually as people, as followers of you. There may even be a call that you want to issue to someone today who's who's either here or watching on the live stream, who doesn't know you, who's never said yes, who hasn't even stepped into the river, uh, an invitation today to take that first step. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, may your voice be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing I want to say about Ezekiel 47 is that there is a river. There is a river. Uh, In Ezekiel's vision, the river flows from the temple and it represents the transforming power of God. Uh, God is communicating through Ezekiel that change is coming, and for the people who have been in captivity not to lose hope. It's been fifteen years that uh, is, that Jerusalem has been in ruins, and the people are, are discouraged and they think, you know, is this our fate forever? or are we going to be slaves for the rest of our lives? and And God is speaking through Ezekiel that hope is coming, that change is coming. Uh, and And he uses this river to illustrate, the transforming power of God. Now, the river comes from the temple. In the new covenant, you and I are the temple. We are the temple, and we are the dwelling place of God's Spirit. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves When it comes to Ezekiel 47, is this, is our presence in the world bringing change and producing hope? Is our presence in the world bringing change and producing hope? Transformation comes from the river. Transformation comes from the power of God. If transformation is going to happen, God is going to do it. We talk about the transformation of this community, and we recognize that this community will only be transformed if God does it. But the beautiful thing about the way God works is that he invites people into what he's doing. He invites us to participate with him. And so the question is, is there transformation happening in you? Because unless transformation happens in you, transformation can't happen through you. We, talk, we, we call our church Riverstone, and there are a couple of reasons for that. One is, you know, and you know the story of Joshua and, the, and God telling Joshua to take the, the stones out of the river and to build an altar that will be a reminder of all the incredible things, miraculous things that God had done for them, for the people of Israel while they were in the desert. Uh, but there's another, there's another thing. Uh, you know what a Riverstone is? A Riverstone is a stone that has been changed by the river. It's been in the bank of the river. It's been run over. It's been washed over and over and over and over by the river, and, and its roughness, its jagged edges have been made smooth. As the people of God, we are river stones because we are people. We are men and women and children who have been changed by the river the river of God's presence, the river of God's power. So the first thing I want you to recognize in Ezekiel 47 is there is a river. Secondly, life in God is intended to deepen as you go. Life in God is... Is intended to deepen as you go. As the messenger leads Ezekiel down the river, he shows him the depth of it. And first it's ankle deep, and then it's knee deep, and then it's waist deep, and then it's deep enough to swim and uncrossable. Here's what I want to say to you about that. Listen to me closely. It's okay if you feel like today your river is ankle deep. It's okay. You just can't stay there. It's okay to be there. You just can't stay there. And and the good news for you is if you've been in ankle-deep water for 20 years, it's not too late for you to get in over your head. It's not. There is more for you. No matter where you are in the river, there is more for you. There is more. God has more. And the deeper into the river you go, the more you will be able to give away. The deeper you get into the river, the more of yourself, the more of your experience, the more of the grace of God in you, you will be able to give away. When they got to the place that it was uncrossable, the angel stops. Pay attention to that. It's really important that they're going through and they, and they you know, see the different depths. And when it gets to the place where it's uncrossable, crossable, the angel stops and, and gets the attention of Ezekiel and says, do you see this? Do you see this? In other words, look at this. Don't miss this because you were made for this. Don't miss the uncrossable place. Don't miss the place of depth. Don't don't miss the place of being in the river so deeply that you can swim in it. Don't miss that place of being in over your head with God. Don't miss that because that's what you were made for. The third thing I want to mention about the river is that there is healing in the river. There's healing in the river. The river starts, this river starts in the temple. And the temple is in Jerusalem, okay? Uh, Any river that starts there has to go, it has to flow into the Dead Sea. Jerusalem is is surrounded by hills, but there is one opening in those hills to the southwest of the city, and it leads straight down to the Dead Sea. And when it empties into the sea, the prophet says, the water there, which is dead, becomes fresh, which means it, it actually comes alive. It goes from undrinkable to drinkable. It goes from a a river that could not sustain life, no fish in it, to a river that is teeming with life, full of fish of all kinds. It actually is a a river that causes dead things to come alive. You're the river. You, you, You are the temple. The river is in you. You're the temple. You know, the temple and the river is in you, and the river that is in you is destined to flow to the things that are dead. The destiny of the river, the river that's in you, is to flow to things that are dead and make them come alive. And what that means is you're made for healing. You're made for miracles. You were made for signs and wonders. You're made for spiritual healing, to experience it and to see it, to be an agent of it. You're made for relational healing. You're made for physical healing. You're made for emotional healing. You're made for healing of all kinds. You're made to be a person that wherever you go, whatever you touch goes from dead to alive. That's what you're made for. That is the call of God on your life not just the call of God on preachers' lives or missionaries' lives, the call of God on every believer's life is to be an agent of change, a person whose presence brings life in places that are dead. The world is full of people who have experienced little of God and developed theologies that limit what is available to us in God. Uh, They'll tell you things like, you know, healing, no, not anymore. That that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, Miracles, no, no, that was just a little small window. Doesn't happen much anymore. Uh, Gifts, Holy Spirit gifts, no, no, doesn't happen anymore. Tongues and prophecy, absolutely, no, not anymore. But I want to tell you that as I read my Bible, the only thing I can think of that Jesus did but doesn't do anymore is die. He died once. He'll never die again. But everything else that he did in here, he still does. You will never know your full kingdom destiny unless and until you let the river take you into the deep place and take you to the dead things. The deep place is not just a place for you to, to swim. The reason for the deep place is to take you to the dead things. To bring life to the dead. Fourth thing is the life. The life is in the river. Verse 9 says, Where the river flows, everything will live. God is the river. And he will do the work. Everything he touches comes to life. He, he wants to involve you. But I, I just want to say to you, take the pressure off. Stop trying to be the river. You're not the river. God is the river, but he lives in you. And he wants to work through you. But he still does the work. Don't just, you know, don't shake your head and say, I just can't. I know you can't. Neither can I. But he can. And he will. And he does. And he's so generous, he invites us into it. He does it, and then he actually gives us some of the credit. It's crazy. He wants to involve you. Fifth thing, everywhere you go, the river goes. That's good, but this is even better. Everywhere the river goes, you get to go. Everywhere the river goes, you can go. In John chapter 7, we see the story Jesus is uh, in Jerusalem. It's during the Feast of Tabernacles. And during the Feast of Tabernacles, every, uh, every day, the priest would bring out water and they would pour a pitcher of gold, a golden pitcher of water. Uh, out in front of the altar. And uh, it was a reminder. It was a reminder of how God had provided water for them in the desert, and it was a reminder to them that someday a Messiah would come and that he would bring living water, living water. And John 7, verses 37 through 39, says, On the last and greatest day of the feast... Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, it's a loud voice, let him come to me and drink. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow trickles, Trickles of water? Creeks, swamps, ponds, rivers. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Rivers that bring dead things to life. Rivers that take his people to the dead places. The river doesn't collect inside this building. That sounds more like a swamp. The river goes out from this building into the community, and the further out it gets, the deeper it is. Rivers of living water. You are the temple. The river wants to flow from you. It wants to take you. He wants to take you to the dead places so that we can see the very thing he created us for. Transformation of his creation. The restoration of his his creation back to its intended purpose and design. Now let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your call. Thank you that you don't just call us have our sins forgiven so we can go to heaven when we die. But you actually invite us into what you're doing. Take us deeper. And then even deeper. Take us to the deep places. Take us where the dead things are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Mike. Mike's gonna come up here and, and lead us into a, a time of ministry.
1: I love the um the picture
0: of the water flowing out and yeah.